Bulldog fans, rodeo season is here. I tried the Dixie National Rodeo. Get ready to roll, man. And uh, I remember being a kid, that was like the biggest highlight for us. My grandmother would get us tickets every year, and me and my brother would wear our cowboy outfits. We'd put our boots on, have our chaps, our vest, and we'd go up there, and just in case one of the cowboys got a little bit scared to get on a horse or a bull, we were willing to do it. Yeah, for sure. Guys, boots aren't just for going out to a country western bar and doing a little boot scooting. Maybe you got a little Texas two-step in your game. Tacovas can make you look better than ever. Absolutely. And here's the deal, too. That's the thing. The versatility of Tacovas is you can wear them somewhere nice or you can live life where you don't go gently. That's what Tacovas does for you. Yeah, it's a rugged, handsome boot. It's my favorite boot brand, and it should be yours, too. Be sure and check them out. Tacovas believes in Western for all people, and you can feel that when you go into their stores, when you walk in, you'll be greeted like family, offered a boot shine and a drink, and maybe even an adult beverage if you prefer, and you can get custom fitted for a new pair of Tacovas boots. You can get custom leather stamping or branding, whatever you need to make it feel somewhat individual. Look up your closest store at tecovis.com. But if you can't make it to a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And you know what, partner? Point your toes west. Today's podcast is brought to you by Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast. What's the best way to help you and your finances thrive? The answer can be overwhelming with all the financial misinformation out there. Fortunately, you can turn to Nerd Wallet's objective finance journalists to set things straight and help you make smart decisions with your own money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bill so I don't dread April every single year, managing finances with a partner without causing a breakup, putting away more money for retirement since I'm not going to do this podcast forever. Sorry, folks. And also boosting my credit score since good credit is like a real-life cheat code. Saving for an emergency fund because life is like a good movie. It loves a good plot twist. The nerds also explain the real impact that the latest financial headlines could have on your life. Weekly financial check-ins with smart money help you spend more time doing what matters and less time worrying about what doesn't. Let NerdWallet's trusted experts untangle today's web of financial misinformation Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the fabulous Maroon Friday edition of The Yard. Hope you're able to celebrate Maroon Friday today. And isn't it wonderful that we live in a country we can celebrate Maroon Friday as we choose? wonderful. As a matter of fact, we celebrated our nation's independence from uh, English tyranny and uh, (laughs) uh, the wonderful things that go along with all that. Not going to get political or anything like that, but uh, I will say I'm um, very blessed, very privileged to have been born an American, and uh, that is not something that I ever take for granted, and I hope that you are uh, uh, of the same cloth, and I hope that... uh, Wherever you are today, that you are happy to be free. And before I get too caught up in the show, and I've, I've talked about this before, but I want to make sure it's it's an important that we always remember this. We have a couple holidays each year where we kind of tip the cap to the men and women of our armed forces and their families. Allow me this time right now to say I am unbelievably grateful to the United States military the families that support them, they are doing a job that I did not want to do and one that we often take for granted. And many of them around the world were not able to celebrate with their families yesterday. And I know that there are some Boneyard listeners. I get messages from time to time from our our service people, and they, they share with me hey, how much they enjoy these Mississippi State-related podcasts that we have, the Boneyard and others. And about how it gives them a little bit of taste of home. It reminds them that, of what they're fighting for. And uh, I am very, very grateful to be able to provide this for those folks. Because it is a very, 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 very small thing for us. 
in exchange for the very, very, very big thing you're doing for us. And so I would like to share with all of you folks around the world in harm's way protecting our freedom. We absolutely appreciate you. We love you. We pray for safe passage for you and for all those you care about. And, and also, too, and this is one of the things that gets lost on every bit of this, is for every man or woman in our armed forces stationed around the world, there is a family, a group of friends, co-workers, classmates, people that, are, that spend every single day hoping they don't get a bad phone call. And, and that's not a life that I would ever choose for myself. And, and that's just me being honest. And I have so much respect for those people because of the fact that it is not just the service person that sacrifices. Well, their sacrifice is tremendous. In many cases, there is a mom or a wife or children back home. And every time I see those videos, and you're the ones I'm talking about, you know, the videos where the, where the guy comes home and surprises his family, I am always moved, especially by the children. You know, because we as adults, sometimes, you know, we, we sign on for things in life. We, we do. And that's not to, to diminish, you know, the grief or anguish or anything that goes along, you know, with, with missing someone in harm's way. But when I see those kids and I, and I see how excited they get, it, it reminds me of how there are so many people out there that are going through something that we simply do not understand. We don't know that life. And so, while we celebrate Independence Day yesterday, we should take a moment every day, and I mean every day, and I'm guilty of this too, but every single day, to say a prayer of thanksgiving and to offer a word of support when we see our men and women in their military uniforms and thank them for their service. Because we don't do enough to help our veterans in the United States. And I'm not going to get all political today. I'm not going to get involved in all that. But we do not do a good enough job taking care of our veterans once their service is done. We don't. We do some great things educationally. We offer them an opportunity to go to the GI Bill and those, those kind of things. And that, that stuff's great. But there are a lot of people that come back as different people. And they don't always have the services available to them. And we talk about all these things that are of a, of a political nature. And, and, and again, th- this is not something that I like to talk about publicly. But he- here is my whole take on much of that. If so much of what we deal with today is more about personalities than it is principles and political, princip- and, and political policy. And one of the things that I don't think that we question our elected officials enough about is what are you doing to aid our veterans? What are you doing to help those who have gone out and sacrificed years of their lives and in many cases made a military career choice? What are you doing to take care of them after they've taken care of us? So I think that's one of the things that all that all Americans can get behind is that we need to do a better job taking care of our veterans. So that's my, my political soapbox for today. Uh, glad you guys are with us. We're going to talk about uh, some patriotic things in relation to Mississippi State today. We're going to talk about some Team USA accomplishments. We're going to talk some minor league baseball. Just when you thought that we were done talking about sports for a while with the College World Series ending, you know, we're thinking, well, you know, we'll have a break from all this for a while. Nope. Because your Mississippi State athletic programs are so unbelievably incredible, many of them are still playing internationally now. How about that? And we'll talk about some minor league stuff as well. I want to thank our good friends at Campus Bookmart, Stan Ray, Miss Kathy Brown, the lovely, talented Susie, the whole crew there. They will treat you like family because, dadgummit, you are family. When you walk in that door, it's like walking into cheers. You know, everybody knows your name. They're happy to see you. They know that you could pick any place to find the latest in maroon and white fashions and novelty items and things to outfit your home, your office, your RV, your pet, whatever. But you chose them. We're going to encourage you to choose them every time. If you were in the market for maroon and white merchandise, we encourage you to visit them at campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a phrase that pays. That phrase, BSR. Use that promo code, BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. 
and that'll save you free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks any order less than 50 dollars absolutely incomplete so let's get into some baseball stuff because uh, by the time we get done with this show we may have a, a final or pretty close to a final in uh, in our women's basketball game the women playing over in Italy playing really really well today really well today had some ball games been a little close but uh, this one not close at all right now but uh, just looking here so you guys for those of you that don't know maybe you hadn't kept up but Cole Gordon uh, got promoted from the short season to uh, to low A in the Columbus Fireflies that is the single A affiliate of the New York Mets you, you may recall Cole pitched a perfect inning in his professional baseball debut striking out all three hitters uh, for uh, Brooklyn and so then he gets elevated up to single A and then throws two innings of relief uh, and gets uh, gets a couple strikeouts there and gets his first win. So congratulations to Cole. And it's incredible to think about that story that, you know, this time last year he was just kind of reconsidering playing college baseball because you know, it around May of last year, Cole Gordon was done with baseball. He was going to finish out the season and he was finished. And then something changed. He found something in himself, has that great scoreless inning streak, uh, and then kind of rediscovers his love for the game. And it really wasn't any, anything that anybody else did. It was just one of those things that Cole had to work through himself. And now here he is a year later. You know, he could be working in a cubicle somewhere, being reminded that he needed to go to the gym on his own, right? For all of us uh, former athletes, you know what I'm talking about. But instead he's notching wins in a New York Mets minor league uh, affiliate. That's incredible. It's an incredible, incredible story. Uh, Things not quite as uh, rosy for Colby White. Colby White, uh, Mississippi State fireballer, uh, has had a couple appearances there with the Tampa Bay Rays. A couple appearances, just one inning pitch combined has allowed four runs, three walks, and that, that's that's the thing with Colby. When he's when he's out there pounding the strike zone, he's he's going to beat you up, and when he's not, it's going to be a difficult uh, stretch. But he'll get it figured out. He's with the Hudson Valley Renegades and the Tampa Bay Rays organization. Took in two appearances, just the one inning pitch, two hits, four runs, three of them earned, three walks, one K. That's probably the surprising thing to me is the 1K. And we kind of know that going in with Colby is that he is a fireballer, but in order for him to get professional hitters out consistently, he's going to have to work on that changing of speed. He's going to have to be able to throw that breaking ball for a strike because these guys are going to sit dead red fastball until he proves he can throw that. Uh, In the advanced rookie league, Tristan Barlow, with his first appearance of the season in a perfect inning of work, one inning pitch, no hits, no runs, no walks, no Ks. Just puts the ball in play. Uh, so happy for him. Keegan James also has a his first appearance. Also a uh, perfect inning. No hits, no runs, no walks, no Ks. And Keegan's kind of an intriguing guy. Because everybody has always told me he has the physical skill to be very, very good. That it's just a mental hump of it. That, you know, that he overthinks it at times. That he's one of those kind of people that kind of will, will kind of think himself into some trouble. And uh, if they can get that situated with him, if they can get him just thinking about th- this outing. And, I, and I've had people tell me, you know what, the bet, what's best for Keegan is he's in a dugout and you turn to him and say, hey, go warm up, you're going in, that he can go in and handle that. But if you tell him, okay, you're going to start next Wednesday, he kind of gets in his head a little bit. you know. And so he is a guy that has the stuff. When he believes in the stuff and trusts his grip and will just sit there and pitch, he has a chance to be really, really good. And so if you see Keegan James kind of begin to elevate through promotions in the minor leagues, and you're going to be like, hey, well, that's that's interesting, considering he didn't he didn't do a whole lot at Mississippi State. Don't be surprised, because that's it, once he gets the mental part of it handled, he's going to be very, very good. Uh, Jake last week, Jake Mangum, obviously that's the only Jake that we know. Well, I guess we know Jake Gotro, right? Jake, and we think about famous Jakes, right? Jake Mangum is our Jake. And I guess there's a Jake the Snake Roberts. There is um, Jake from Sixteen Candles, Jake Ryan, if you remember Molly Ringwald's uh, crush and love interest in the in the movie. And so, uh, but the but our Jake is the best Jake, right? I guess there's Jake and the Fat Man when that CBS uh, series years ago. But our Jake, three games last week, 
hitting out 267, 4 of 15, a double, an RBI, and a strikeout, just the one strikeout. And so uh, Jake's making the transition to the wooden bat, and, of course, he's played with it in the summer, so it's not like it's a big adjustment for him. And not to mention, you know, the way that Jake's game is kind of constructed, you know, he's not a power hitter. You know, he's not a guy that's going to go up there and, and really have even gap-to-gap power. Jake is a punch-and-judy type guy It's going to hit it where they ain't. That's kind of what he does. And so I expect him to, to settle very, very easily in the professional game, and I think it's a matter of time before he gets you know, promoted on up. And uh, Some of the big news uh, on the farm report, Brent Rooker, a huge week last week. I don't know if you've kept up. He's, he's with the Rochester Red Wings and, and was on a DL earlier this year, but he's good now. Seven games last week, 321, nine for 28, four runs, two doubles, a home run, five RBIs, five walks, uh, 12 Ks, and he did still, still a base. But in 57 games this year, here's your, here's your stats for Brent. This is big. I think he's got a real chance to make a team next year, to, to make to make the Twins roster next year. He's hitting 290, 58 hits, 40 runs, 14 doubles, 13 home runs, 43 RBI, 34 walks, 87 Ks. Got to bring the Ks down a little bit. But Brent's production is, is getting there, uh, t- to say the least. Uh, Jacob Robson's a guy with the Toledo Mud Hens with the Detroit Tigers. Yeah, and, and he's another guy, too, we expect him to be able to kind of to break through. He's been in minors, it seems like, forever. But he's another one of those guys that has uh, kind of grinded through, hitting 281. Uh, a couple homers, four RBIs last week. One walk, the 9Ks. That's a little bit of a surprise because he, you know, he's the guy that generally puts the ball in play. Uh, but Robson's another guy we expect to make a move. Jack Kruger's a guy that's a double-A. We expect him to kind of move up. Uh, but Nathaniel Lowe. Nathaniel Lowe had a three-home run game last week for the Durham Bulls. And uh, he was called up. And it may just be a 10-day call-up, you know, retroactive July 3rd. But uh, Nate back in the major leagues. And that's just a matter of time, too, before he, he sticks. Might not be this year. When the rosters expand a little bit later in the year, He'll probably go up and stay, and then I think next year he'll find a way to make that team, whether it be as a as a reserve or as a, as a DH. But um, the Bulldogs doing well, and I know everybody's always interested in the newest dogs, but let's not forget those guys that uh, you know have have paid their price and have been in the minor leagues there for a couple of years because it's just a matter of time for many of them break through. A lot of guys that you have a rooting interest in that are still playing. Just to run down some names here, I won't give you the, the numbers, but. Uh, you know, looking, you know, pitchers, Jonathan Holder, Ben Bracewell, obviously still pitching, Zach Houston, Daniel Brown, Reed Humphreys, uh, Jacob Billingsley, uh, Connor Pilkington, of course, doing real well, J.P. France, Zach Neff, Cole Gordon, we mentioned Colby White, Barlow, Keegan James, Jacob Lindgren, still out there pitching, Lingo, still out there hanging around. Um... And then, of course, you know, we mentioned Rooker Robson, Jack Kruger. Gavin Collins is still out there in, in advanced A. Ryan Gridley recently promoted promoted to the Stockton Ports. Hunter Stovall still out there banging it around a little bit. Dustin Skelton, of course, just moved up. He had his, his professional debut. He's just had the one game, went over two with a walk and a K. Uh, so we're beginning to see these guys get in, and, and it's been a long baseball season for these guys. A lot of these guys have not had any time off because you begin to factor in fall baseball. They get a little time to rest. They come right back. We're in the spring practice. We begin playing February 15th. And then you pretty much play in what, three to four times a week from February 15th through Omaha. And then they get they, they sign a contract, get on a plane, and then they're, they're in the minor leagues. And so many of them will not have an opportunity to rest until there's fall base, until it's fall again. And, a lot of, and some of those guys will actually come back and finish at their degree. Uh, but that's your farm report. And uh, they're not the only guys playing baseball right now. Not everybody, not just the only guys that you should have a rooting interest in. Uh, Mississippi State, of course, still has a couple of guys playing on the, in the collegiate national team, and uh, that's Justin Foscu and Tanner Allen. And uh, what's interesting about that, you know, Jordan Westberg went, just missed the cut, and uh, JT Ginn was invited to that, but elected to pass on Team USA Baseball to rest his arm. And, and I continue to hear that he's doing well. He's going to be fine. We only saw him around 70, 75% in Omaha, and he was still outstanding. And uh, that's what I'm most excited about with JT is to see him at 100%, to see him ready to go. We saw some of that early in the year, really pitched well against Texas Tech, a team that made it to Omaha. But we have not seen the best of JT again. 
So the uh, the collegiate national team for Team USA, they, they played the four in, inter-squad scrimmages to kind of settle the roster. Then they had an exhibition game. They won 4 nothing, And then they began a five-game friendly series in the state of North Carolina against Cuba. So the United States has already clinched that in three games, winning 5-1, 4-2, and 8-0. Now, Justin Foscu is currently 0 for that series. He had a lot of hits. I say a lot of hits. He hit the ball very well in the inter-squad scrimmages. But uh, Cuba has kind of had his number. He's uh, 0 for 8 through three games against Cuba. They'll play again tonight, as a matter of fact, uh, in Cary, North Carolina. So if you're in that area looking for some entertainment, Goes to USA, play Cuba, and you can go cheer for a couple Bulldogs there. That's in Durham, North Carolina, uh, at the Durham Bulls Athletic Complex there. They'll play apartment uh, there in Cary, North Carolina tonight and be in Durham tomorrow. So Cary tonight, Durham tomorrow. So it's worth a road trip if you're, if you're close by there. But again, the USA has already clinched that series. Now, Tanner Allen has hit the ball exceptionally well. He's 4 for 10 and uh, has played some in the outfield out there, and uh, which is good for Mississippi State because I think long-term that's probably his future. And I think that opens up some other opportunities for some of the players. I think it also answers a question you have there and left. But uh, but all that being said, the uh, Team USA collegiate team will, will, will make the trip across the ocean here, uh, here in a few days. They will travel to Taiwan, and they're going to take on Chinese Taipei in a four-game series out there. They'll play uh, Taipei four games there, the 10th, and then a doublehead on the 11th, and then in, and then on the 12th. And then they'll take a few days off, travel to Japan, and then they will play a five-game series against the Japanese Collegiate All-Star team. So we talked about that elongated schedule. For Justin Foscu and Tanner Allen, they're going to be with the U.S. national team through July 21st. So that's, what, 16 more days, and then they'll come home, and then before you know it, folks, <laughs> they'll go home, get some rest or whatever, wash some clothes, trade some memories, and get a little downtime, and then it's going to be time to come back to Mississippi State and begin the fall semester. Then it'll be time to get back into fall baseball. You know, I mean, so it's not, not there's not going to be a lot of downtime for these guys. There's also several players, as you guys know, out playing in the uh, summer collegiate leagues in the Cape Cod. We have updates on all that at Gene's page for free. You can go, we have Marianne Swindoll does updates on uh, the summer league baseball stats. Robbie is doing the minor league farm report. And then we also have our, you know, state of the show updates. So you can see updates and statistical, um, you know, progress on Bulldogs of all ages and development levels at this point. Yeah, Eric Sarantola is a guy that had a big start uh, yesterday, I guess it was. And, uh, again, a lot of people need to be prepared for him. <laughs> it's as simple as that. You need to be prepared. Sarantola is going to be a big part of things for Mississippi State next fall. And then when we get through the fall, we get into the season, I expect him to be a weekend starter. Christian McLeod is a guy you've heard us talk a little bit about. He's, uh, he's in Starkville. Okay, he's not going to do a lot this summer just because of the fact you know he's rounding back into form. So he'll be he'll stay here, deal with Mississippi State's trainers, and he'll be good to go. But he's a guy that we expect to be full go uh, come the season. And, and if you had to go play a game this weekend, you know, or a three-game series, I think you go JT Ginsair and Tolan McLeod. And I've had multiple Mississippi State hitters, guys you know, guys you love, guys like Elijah McNamee tell me that Christian McLeod is very, very, very difficult to hit. That even when you do get a hit, you kind of beat the ball on the ground. That he has, he throws a heavy ball, gets great sync on his pitches, changes speeds really well, and so this is a guy that we thought would be able to help us a little bit this year. He gets sick, he's back now, he's good to go, and uh, he'll be 100%. And uh, that's something to kind of think about. So when you see these numbers and you don't see McLeod mentioned, that that's your explanation ahead of time. That's one of the reasons I kind of bring that up because you hear us talk about Christian McLeod. And then you go, look, well, let's go see how he's doing in the Cape or in the Cal Ripken League or whatever, and you don't see him listed. That That's why. It's just because they're just going to err on the side of caution to ensure that he stays healthy uh, and is good to go when we need him most. Uh, when I think our good friends at Bulldog Burger Company talking about something we need most, I think I might need a restaurant-quality hamburger in my life, and I know exactly where to go to get that. And, uh, you know, that's the thing about Fort July, as great as it is, 
sometimes I like that controlled environment that only uh, you know a restaurant can bring to, bring you. Like rest, you know, Bulldog Burger Company. What I mean by that is, you know, some, you know, listen, barbecue's great and all, and watermelon's great, but uh, I don't like flies with my food. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm gonna at this at some point I'm gonna make a decision here in the next couple of days this weekend, and I'm gonna go to Bulldog Burger Company, and I'm probably gonna go have a, up a mentology. That's probably what I'm gonna go do because I think that's the way to go. You need to decide the best route for yourself. It is an absolute culinary delicacy that we have right here in Starkville, Mississippi, a place that is invested in Mississippi State, a place that is invested in Starkville, Mississippi, and uh, I love being here. I love living here. This is our home. would love for you to come to pay a visit as often as you can and frequent our merchants here, but I'll tell you, Bulldog Burger Company is absolutely the place where the cool kids go to break bread in Stark Vegas. So go by. Follow them on all forms of social media so you can keep up with their specials. And their, there's a lot of daily things that happen. They'll, they'll run something sometimes just for the day. And uh, don't forget that milkshake to go. You know, that, that's, that's, a, that's a good palate cleanser right there. You have the great meal, and then you're out riding around. You can kind of drink that thing at your, at your leisure. Bulldog Burger Company, the place in Stark where people go to meet. M-E-A-T. So we, uh, Reggie Perry, and uh, this is interesting too, Reggie Perry is doing all of the things necessary to make him a very viable NBA prospect. Now, number one, he was blessed with great size and skill. You know, people forget, there are a lot of people out here, I guess, that uh, maybe don't know our history. You know, they don't know Mississippi State history, but Reggie Perry is the son of former Mississippi State basketball great Al Perry. I mean, Reggie Perry didn't just fall into our laps. Okay, this is a guy that grew up understanding where Mississippi State was, understanding what his dad did. His dad played from 75 to 78. And I don't know if you know this, Al Perry wasn't just a uh, an also-ran. He wasn't just another guy on the team. Al Perry ranks third in Mississippi State history with 510 career assists. This is a guy who was a, contrib- a contributor. And so it's important to understand, because there are a lot of people out there in the message board social media world, and I and listen, I, I, I live in that world, okay, so I'm not being negative about that. But there are a lot of people out there that will tell you, well, you know, Mississippi State just kind of jumped in the mix late with Reggie Perry, and that's simply not true. I mean, the bottom line was Mississippi State was all a factor. And um, you get him. But I'll tell you, as good as he was down the stretch last year, when you look at what he has done in the offseason to improve himself, and I don't just mean getting together and going and shooting in the pavilion. What I'm talking about is he's put his name in the draft. He gets his feedback. He goes to all of these showcases, right? He gets some objective third-party criticism and praise for himself. And then he's out here on the uh, Team USA uh, U19 team and uh, playing in the World Cup and doing exceptionally well. Uh, it's, uh, it's interesting how things work out with this deal. And, uh, it, and it is kind of tough to keep up with at times. But uh, Reggie had a double-double in a ball game uh, against uh, Lithuania. That we won 102-84. He comes down, has seven points and five rebounds in, in a game against Latvia that we won by 50 points. Uh, and so they're actually going to play in the quarterfinals tonight against Russia. I believe that's correct. I believe that it's Russia tonight. Yes, that that's tonight. Russia in the quarterfinals. And so they're three wins away from winning the the the. U19 World Cup. Now, that, that might not make the headlines, but that's something that uh, is important to kind of keep up with, not just because of the fact that, you know, we want to rep the colors, but Reggie Perry is maturing into a more polished player kind of before our eyes. And there's a lot of praise about him. A lot of people are talking about how refined he is becoming as a player. There are some people even suggesting that he is an SEC Player of the Year candidate. When is the last time that you heard that about Mississippi State men's basketball? That, hey, this guy's got a chance to be the SEC Player of the Year. I, I don't know that I remember a time. Maybe you go back to Mario Austin, Lawrence Roberts, maybe. Maybe. I, I guess that's probably the last that I can remember, that we had a bona fide SEC Player of the Year.
candidate. And we've had some very talented players come into the program since then. Uh, you know, a lot of people would have argued perhaps that Bernardo Sidney, based on his recruitment, that he would be a guy that come in and really challenge to become that type of player. But Reggie Perry is a bona fide NBA basketball prospect. And so we're beginning to see this is what the big-time guys do. They get out and they, and they go compete internationally to round out their game. And he's going to come back a, a more polished player, but also to a more determined player because I think he's going to be motivated by what he has seen. He's going to understand it is attainable for him. It is not just some dream. It's not something that he looks at and says, you know, well, someday. You know, someday for Reggie Perry, he's probably going to be next year. I, I think it's one more year with him and then we're done. I think that he has done enough to kind of demonstrate to people he is going to be able to handle the professional game. And I am very blessed and fortunate to, to say that we've got him for one at least one more season in Starkville. And I expect him to be the centerpiece. And I think one of the people that's going to benefit the most of that is going to be Robert Woodard. I think Robert Woodard is going to, because of the fact people are going to collapse on him, because of the fact that Reggie is a guy that understands it's a team game, he'll find a way to make that extra pass to get that open look at the basket. I, 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 I'm beginning to get excited about Mississippi State men's basketball again. You know, we had a great run last year. And even with that, we didn't have great post play. We had really good post play at times down the stretch. But we didn't have that that guy that people had to kind of game plan against. Abdul Adu is a, is a great glue guy. He's a block guy. He's a rebound guy. Uh, he's a putback guy. He's not a guy you can run your offense through. But you can do that with Reggie Perry. You can run the offense through Reggie Perry. And because of the fact that he understands how the game is played, you, you can go inside out with him a lot. Because there were times – I think our guard play struggled at times, even though we were a guard-oriented offense, because of the fact that people would just, you know, they would just give us a three-point shot. When people have to start doubling down on Reggie Perry, that's going to open up a lot of open looks for our guards. So I'm excited about that. I think Reggie Perry is a difference maker at Mississippi State. We've had a lot of guys in the past, a lot of guys in the past, they come in with these freshman accolades. And you begin to think, okay, this guy's going to come in and be a difference maker. And they come in, they're a pretty average player for a couple of years and kind of figured out, or, you know, Reggie has proven he is a bona fide blue chip guy. He went a McDonald's All-American just for the fun of it. So excited to see the year that he's going to have at Mississippi State. Excited to see how he makes not just himself, but the team better. And so that's one of those things I think gets kind of lost in all of this is that we've got a lot of pieces coming back. Yes, we did lose some things, but, uh, again, a lot of discussion about Nick Weatherspoon. Coach Ben Howland has said that Nick Weatherspoon will be our point guard. Still a lot of people out there that, um, you know, seem to have uh, an idea of what they think is going to happen in that respect. Uh, you know, I, I don't know that Nick plays the first couple ball games. You know, I know that he was, uh, you know, unavailable or kind of suspended with caution uh, while some things were cleared up. And uh, because of the fact that this is essentially a student privacy issue, and, and we, we've inquired, I've personally inquired about this, uh, and everything that I've been told is, hey, it's a privacy issue. So what that tells me is it's, it's a little different scenario, okay? If it was an NCAA issue as far as, like, boosters or, or allegations involving boosters, it wouldn't necessarily be a student privacy issue. They would, of course, redact the names from that, but there would be other documents that would be available to open records. And that's not the case. And there are a lot of people out there that say, well, hey, and, and people have even been critical of our media, and myself in particular, saying, well, I don't understand why they're not chasing this. Folks, we have chased it. We have chased it. Joel Coleman has chased it. I have chased it. Tyler Horka has chased it. We have all inquired about this because it is, it is a story of interest. And we simply haven't been able to get anywhere with it. And it's not because uh, for a lack of effort on our part. It's uh, like, goodness, I mean, every time I turn around, anytime Joel Coleman has anything from the police blotter, we've got people that are ready to run him out of town. You know, we're not, a, we're not afraid to report the bad news. But we're not going to speculate about something that's important. But also, of note, too, it appears this issue is being resolved. There were people last year, and it's like, oh, I think that it's, he's probably done. He's probably done. He'll probably never be back. But that's not the case. You know, he's back. He's already announced he's coming back. He's going to be reinstated. Uh, will he have to have a, 
some more games in that suspension? I don't know. I, I don't know. I think that's a possibility. But I am encouraged by the fact that uh, Ben Hallen comes out and says, you know, hey, he's going to be our point guard this year. As simple as that. And so I don't know if we'll ever get the truth behind I don't know if we'll ever get the full truth. I think at some point once he's reinstated, you know, perhaps we get some comment then. But one of the things I'll give Mississippi State a lot of credit for, and this is something that's been consistent, it's kind of the Mississippi State way. And it goes back to, I guess I give Mike Nemeth and, and perhaps Larry Templeton, you know, credit for kind of beginning this tradition, I guess. When they come out and say, we will have no further comment until this matter is resolved, they mean it. Here's some other people. They, they, they trip over their tongues trying to explain anytime there's new information about their cases, as you saw in the Ole Miss case, Ross Bjork could not stop responding. Uh, we're not going to talk about this, but, we, but we, we're going to tell our story. We can't wait to tell our story, which that story never got told. And it's all it was was a story. But when Mississippi State comes out and says, we will have no further comment, they have had no further comment. And Because what happens is when you make comment, it only fuels more speculation. So tip of the cap to the folks at Mississippi State for kind of sticking to their words, saying, listen, we're not going to talk about it. We're not going to talk about it. We're not going to have any comment about this until it's resolved. And so it appears that it is going to be resolved very soon and uh, should not be something that uh, impacts Nick Witherspoon long term. Simple as that. And so when you begin to think about those pieces with Nick Witherspoon and and uh, Woodard and Perry all coming together and some other pieces coming in, DJ getting healthy. I mean, it's uh, you could see a very exciting brand of basketball. I, I just at this point I just worry mostly about depth. You know that that's that's what I want to see. But uh, you've got some real star power on the Mississippi State men's basketball roster. So transitioning to the women's basketball, that's uh, you know they're playing over in Italy. And the story of that, goodness gracious, there's, well, it gets two really. Jessica Carter is kind of has kind of come of age out there, which is incredible. And uh, Rakia Jackson is proving to be everything that everybody told us she was, and then some, which is absolutely huge news. Well, the whole thing got started out there with the, I guess, essentially an exhibition game, and they're really all exhibitions. But there was one that did not count in the standings, and uh, Jessica Carter. With the game-winning basket, 79-78 winner over Japan in a friendly before the World University Games began, and uh, Carter with you know a late basket and one steps up, makes the free throw with the game on the line to make it a 79-78 victory. Uh, it's one of those things too that um, people wondered what would Mississippi State be like in the post without Tier McCowan. Now. Tierra McCowan is a generational player. I don't know that we ever see anybody with that same blend of athleticism and ferocity and and the Mississippi State uniform in some time. But we saw Jessica Carter last year really kind of begin to kind of find herself a little bit, needed to kind of get a little bit better with her conditioning. She finished the, the first game with 24 points, 9 of 12 from the field, Six and eight from the free throw line. And in the second half, perfect six of six when the team had to have it. Just simply had to have her. And uh, she she carries them down the stretch, and, and they win. And again, again, it, it, it didn't matter in the standings, but it mattered in her development. If you, you see what I'm saying, it's like it's one of those things, yes, yes, it's one of those deals where, you know, we didn't have to have it, but we did. It didn't count in the standings. But it helped her become a better player. It helped her earn some confidence. It helped her teammates earn some confidence in her. So the first game that really mattered in the standings was against Mexico. And again, it was much tighter than I think most of us anticipated. State wins that 60-49. to And uh, State was down most of the game. Just really got it going late. Uh, State was down by as as many as four in the final quarter. And then uh, you know, put together a 15 nothing run to kind of put the thing away. But uh, typically, with the Vic Schaefer team, it was the defense that kind of led the way. They get out there and begin to get in some passing lanes and, and convert defense to offense and get some fast break uh, points. And Rakia Jackson, and it's, this, this almost sounds a little bit silly 
to say right now when you think about what I'm about to tell you, but Rakia Jackson had 10 points, which led the team. Led the team with 10. And you say, okay, well, Steve, it's great. It's a modest total. 10 points, 4 assists, 4 steals. And um, you win the ball game, 60-49. And think about that. You're down 45-41 in the fourth, and then you, you close it out with a uh, with a 19-4 run. That's what Vic Schaefer teams do. So they win that one, and then they go on to take on Chinese Taipei. That was a little different ball game than uh, we saw the first two games. You know, we had that nail-biter against Japan. We had the fourth quarter comeback against Mexico. And then we had this uh, Chinese Taipei game, which was, again, a little bit closer, but a little more indicative of what we expect to see from Mississippi State offensively. And while it is Mississippi State, it's Team USA. But uh, 93-85 win. But here's the headline in this deal. Rakia Jackson had 33 points. 33. And, of course, she led all scorers with 33. 16 of 25, 7 rebounds, 4 steals. Jessica Carter more than handled her end of it. 28 points. 21 rebounds. That'll get it done. That'll absolutely get it done. And uh, it's you begin to kind of see, okay, well, Steve, it looks like the post play is going to be pretty good. And then all of a sudden you bring in Rakia Jackson, and I had some, I, I won't give the name. But let's just say that I had a member of the Mississippi State coaching staff tell me that Rakia Jackson is right there with Victoria Vivians as far as skill set, as far as ability to fill up the basket, right there. And so we're beginning to kind of see that now. You know, it's one of the things for her to go do it at AAU, okay, because, you know, you're playing against players that really aren't your equal. It's another thing to be able to go do it in an international tournament against other players that are, like, the best in their country. Much of the competition she's seeing now will will be better than what she sees in an unconference schedule at Mississippi State. But to see her begin to assert herself and kind of put her stamp on this team very early is big because State is going to need a volume scorer probably going to need a volume shooter as well but you go out there and you you handle it uh, Zaria Wiggins had 10 points for the net ball game as well uh, it's just one of those things that um, we're beginning to see some of these players begin to mature that's a big big part of things and of course uh, the game today the final play of pool play, of course, you know, State wins this, they win the pool, and then we'll get into bracketing play, which the men are, I guess, one step ahead right now. Uh, they'll have the quarterfinals tonight, and so then uh, the women will get going here. That ball game is going on right now. Let me give you a quick update on that. By the time many of you uh, hear this, you may have already heard the final there. Before we get to that, just, just receive word, <laughs> Mississippi State basketball tweets out, uh, the United States knocks off Russia 95-80, to 80, and you know who was the leading scorer, <laughs> Reggie Perry. 28 points, 10 of 15 from the field, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, 3 steals, and 2 blocks. Again, that's 28 points uh, for Reggie Perry as, uh, as he just kind of shuts things down. In- incredible, incredible offseason this guy's having. And, again, if that doesn't get you excited, I don't know what will. But uh, looking here – the women are absolutely rolling in this ball game. Absolutely rolling. In the women's game, it's just gone final. Mississippi State with its uh, or Team USA, pardon me, <laughs> with its uh, biggest win in the pool, 92 to 52. The uh, Bulldogs sweep bracket play. That's Pool C, uh, and so it's over. They will now move on to uh, the medal bracket play. And uh, look to be, you know, one of the, one of the favorites. But this is a young team. It's a very, very young team. You bring back some important pieces, and people forget, you know, Chloe Bibby, not playing in part of this. And so when you when you get her back, and she'll be back. Okay, we'll get her back. When you add her to the mix, and you think about 
you know, what, what you've got with Espinosa of the Hunter coming back as a more polished player and a person a little more invested on the defensive end. And you think about these young stars that are beginning to emerge from Mississippi State. Mississippi State women's basketball is not going anywhere. And a tournament like this is so great for them to get away from Starkville, get out of town, be together, learn to travel together, learn to love one another, learn to play together. They only had about three weeks of practice. So they're kind of figuring it out as they go. But they go invest their time and effort. They get to see a wonderful country. And then they get a chance to get better as a basketball team. They will come back just as everybody else does, Reggie and everybody else. They'll come back to Starkville as better players and a better team. I still believe South Carolina is likely the favorite this year. But Mississippi State will have a lot to say about that. Mississippi State will have a lot to say about how the SEC race is won. You know, Mississippi State has won two consecutive SEC championships in women's basketball. I don't know 10 years ago if we'd even you know, ventured to even think about that. We've become a national power. And so to have this opportunity to refine the skill set a little bit and kind of find out if from a coaching standpoint the weaknesses and strengths of some of these new players, how they kind of fit together, it's an invaluable experience. And so, as I mentioned at the top of the show, there's a lot of people out there wearing the red, white, and blue right now that you have a rooting interest in. And I think you can be excited about their progress because you still have a lot to root for. Chances are you're going to be rooting for Mississippi State players uh, the rest of this month. And then we're going to have you know, media days here, what, what, 10 days or so? Media days. We'll be getting into football mode, and we'll be next thing you know, we'll be, we'll be riding practice reports for football. So you're going to have kind of a 365 Mississippi State Athletics experience this year because of the fact that so many of your players uh, are playing internationally. And I had somebody come up to me. I went to the uh, – it was so great. And uh, I had never been to the 4th of July celebration at the park and uh, went, had a great time. It wasn't too packed. It was just enough people. We could we could have taken a few more, made it a little, a little more festive. But it was a great atmosphere. They had local bands came and played of all kinds of uh, genres. They came and played. And then we had fireworks last night. But it, as soon as I got there and get settled, I have a, a Bulldog fan come up to me and says, Hey, Steve, what's the news today? What's going on? I said, man, we've got so much to cheer for right now. We've got so much that we can keep up with right now. We we still have so many different players still participating and representing Mississippi State. And it kind of struck me. I was like, you know what, this guy's exactly right. You know, I think a lot of us, maybe we had a little bit of a hangover after the College World Series, and we're just kind of like, okay, I'm, I want to kind of plug in because I can tell you we don't get a lot of time off. And I'm not complaining. Trust me. I love what we do. Love the job. Love everything that we do. But when we get through College World Series, you kind of take an, a, a deep breath and you kind of exhale a little bit. And say, okay, all right. Now we can you know, go see family and friends. We can get out and go do these things. But I think it's really cool that we've got something else. And even though a lot of these games aren't televised, it's something else for us to keep up with. And uh, as I, I, I saw something, it's really cool, probably a great testament to Mississippi State. There was a tweet sent out yesterday, I guess it was, by Jacob Resnick. Jacob Resnick is a reporter that covers the, the New York Mets and their minor league system, keeps up with all the stuff. And, uh, and he sent out a tweet that I thought was incredible because, of course, Mississippi State's had Cole Gordon and Jake Mangum up there uh, playing for the Brooklyn Cyclones. And Jacob tweets out this, If I've learned anything over the past couple of weeks, Mississippi State fans go absolutely crazy for their guys. Respect. That is absolutely true. And I, I think it's great when other people see what Mississippi State brings to the table. Because here's the deal. You know, we haven't always had as much to cheer about as some other programs. And we're experiencing some unprecedented success right now. And we, you know, we could make a lot of – there are a lot of people, I'm sure, if you walked around the Mississippi State campus and you, and you interviewed 100 people and said, hey, what are your thoughts about – Dr. Mark Keenum and, and athletic director John Cohen, you would find some dissenters. And you know, there are some people that are going to be unhappy no matter what we do, okay? But one of the things that I said when we hired Dr. Keenum, and at that time we had Scott Strickland as an AD, and now we've got John Cohen, is that you had a bulldog sitting in the president's office. You had a bulldog sitting in the Bryan building calling the shots for the athletic department. When you've got people 
that kind of grew up with us. And you look at the fact that Dr. Mark Keenan was a junior college football player, and John Cohen was an, an SEC College World Series participant at Mississippi State, as well as a coach. They are invested in Mississippi State athletics. They understand the importance in athletics in the fan base's collective psyche. They understand that winning brings dollars, winning brings attendance, winning brings donations. It is easy to be invested in Mississippi State right now. And the fact that so many of our fans, because we're not ready for the party to end, right? It started with football, and you know we had we had the great defense, and we had so many great things happen, and then we get in the ball, we're getting into the the Outback Bowl. We have NCAA birth in the men's side. The women win the SEC again, have another great run to the tournament, make it to the Elite Eight there. Softball's done well, back in the tournament again, and then we go back to Omaha, and it's like is the enjoyment that we get from Mississippi State sports right now because we don't really have a bad sport. We don't, we, 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 there's nothing we have to be embarrassed about. We're not really rebuilding anywhere. But then we, because we're not ready to stop rooting for our kids, now we've jumped into this whole international competition thing and we've got something to really be excited about here for a couple more weeks. And then you know what? We're, we'll take a couple weeks off and then we're going to do it again. We're going to do it again. That there is no downtime for the Mississippi State Athletics fan these days. There is no off season because there's always something to cheer for. I want to thank so many of you that tweeted me or messaged on Facebook or whatever uh, to congratulate me on on turning a year older. I am two days older since then. Took the day off on Wednesday for the most part. Had I wrote an article of twenty hot takes for SEC baseball for twenty twenty. Uh, put that out there because I enjoy doing that sort of stuff and. Um, my wife had worked the night before, so I had the day to, in the house to myself anyway. But I, I do appreciate that, and uh, it's one of those things. I am not a great Facebooker when it comes to that sort of stuff, and so if I've missed your birthday and if I hadn't commented, please understand it's not personal. I, I just I, I, I don't do that sort of stuff as well as I should. But uh, it's been a great week. It's been a great time to spend with family, and uh, I, I am ready for the grind that begins with fall football, but I'm also kind of – Enjoying the fact that uh, we don't have—it's not so labor-intensive right now. We you know just—we spent Robbie and David and I spent so much time in Omaha. Uh, it's nice to be back and, and have some time when you don't have to pack the car for a little while. But just give us a little time. Give us a chance to kind of plug back in with the family. Give us a chance to kind of rest a little bit and sleep late a few days. We'll be ready to go for football. Trust me, we'll be ready to go. And I'm going to tell you now that Mississippi State football team is going to be a little, little, little bit better than a lot of people are anticipating. Go ahead and mark that down. We get back on Monday. We're going to talk some about SEC football and begin to kind of look ahead and kind of preview some of Mississippi State's opponents and look at the divisional races and look at where Mississippi State stands and every bit of that. But until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we'll make more friends and enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live.